Happy day after Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas day. Maybe you had a quiet celebration or maybe your house was filled with chaos. But however you ended up celebrating it, I hope it was a rich and wonderful time, that you enjoyed yourself and that you had a few moments to connect with Jesus during the day, just to remember what the celebration was really all about. So today, the day afterwards, is the day afterwards. And so, what do we do now? So, I want you to think for a second of a concert that you went to that you really, really liked. It could be Katy Perry or Led Zeppelin or Taylor Swift or The Grateful Dead, Tony Bennett, August Burns Red, Beethoven's Ninth, or the Christmas concert at PLU. Just pick something and remember that about the time that you had and why it was good. I can think of a, of a couple of concerts that I have been to that were really, really fun. You know, great music, a fun venue, good time with friends, created lots and lots of fun memories. But then they play you the last encore and it's over. There are lots of fun events that are kind of like concerts. They're just one and done. Concerts are just one of them. I mean, maybe you went to the World Series once, or maybe you've been to a Super Bowl game, and you look forward to it, and you have a great time, you make great memories, but then it's over. But there's another category of events, uh, not just one and done. It's a category of events that are real life-changing experiences. They may only happen once, but they're not over. They just continue affecting your life. They change who you are, like when you get married, or when you have a child, or when you get your degree, or start a new job, or when you retire. You look forward to that moment, and it changes your life forever. It's not just one and done. Some events, like concerts, create memories, but other events change your life. And now think about how you view Christmas. We create memories each year, but how much does it really change our lives? Is Christmas just this build up one and done, or does it continue to change your life? It's such an important question to ask, especially right now, where as followers of Jesus, all sorts of really non-Christian things are being attributed to the church. And before we complain about the culture or the news media, I think it's a good idea to ask ourselves, are, we, are they saying that because we gave them something to criticize? We also need to be really certain in these times that it's Jesus that we're following and not something that we've just dressed up and called Jesus. So is Christmas just a one and done thing in our lives or is it a really transformational event? Every year there's this huge buildup. I remember in August, Costco began to roll out their Christmas stuff. And then we look forward, or look forward, we get barraged by Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And I didn't even know that stores printed and mailed out catalogs anymore. But we've been inundated by Land's End and L.L. Bean and, you know, on and on and on. I mean, forests have died promoting uh, Christmas. 
And then uh, there's all the ads on social media to get you to buy this thing or that thing or to do this thing. And the, the music starts early. And at my house, we have this firm no Christmas music policy until after Thanksgiving. And we have a very firm no Mariah Carey ever policy. And there's pressure to get your order in early this year because of shipping delays and problems with that. So in November, like before Thanksgiving, I ordered my wife a fruitcake from a Trappist monastery in Ohio just because I didn't know whether it would get here in time. Now probably, probably lots of you are going, who cares if it ever gets here in time? But my wife likes fruitcake. I don't particularly, but I gotta tell you, the Trappists have something going on. This thing was life-changing. I'll let you know where I got it from. You can get one next year, but order early. So there's this huge buildup to December 25th, and then it's over. It's December 26th, and what's everybody doing? Well, some of us retired from Christmas, but we've kind of moved on to New Year's. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What plans do you have? And sometimes, we feel like getting Christmas over just brings us a sense of relief. There's so much hype and so much pressure. I know Christmas morning at my house, we're all exhausted. And so December 26th, Christmas has passed, but it's not really over. Because Christmas, particularly in the church, is not a day. Christmas is a season. And I'm not a big stickler about this, but I always think it's kind of funny because people refer to December as the Christmas season. It's really not. That's Advent. And the Advent season is kind of the corrective to the hyper-buying, frenzy, partying. You know, Advent is the corrective to that because it gives us a little bit of space to think and to prepare for Christmas. But Christmas, the Feast of the Incarnation, the idea that Jesus comes to earth to be our Savior, to show us what God is like, takes more than a day to really figure out. And so Christmas is also a season. It goes for 12 days, not just one. And Christmas helps us to not move along too quickly. It gives us some time to engage with the idea of God redeeming the world. And I love this verse that we have for this morning in Luke chapter 2 because it keeps us from moving along too quickly. It keeps us from forgetting too fast the importance of what we have just celebrated on Christmas. Luke chapter 2, 19 and 20. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The language here is so great. It's so picturesque. Mary treasured all of this stuff up and pondered it in her heart. Mary doesn't move along really quickly to the next thing. You know, the wise men and the shepherds don't come and Mary's like, well, that's great, you're all adoring him, but if I don't feed him soon, some crying he'll make and that will ruin a really great Christmas carol. No, instead, Mary treasures these things. It's like, this is important to her to hang on to what's going on, to look at every aspect, to mull it over, to think about what it means and I think about what it means for her. Mary treasures these things, ponders them in her heart. And then the shepherds come and they see the baby as promised, but it wasn't just a one and done thing for the shepherds either. They keep responding to it. It says they go back 
And the tense is they keep glorifying, they keep praising God. They didn't just go to the manger and glorify and praise God. They were changed by what happened there. They saw the promise of God, the thing that they had longed for for ages, a redeemer of the world, they saw him. And they go back to their lives and continue to glorify and praise God for his faithfulness, for the way that their lives have already changed. If you don't know how their lives were changed, there was a really good sermon preached on that last week, and you can go back and look at it. The first people who experienced Christmas were changed forever by it. And that points out something more, even than Christmas not being just a day, but a season. It also points out that Christmas is supposed to be transformational. Christmas is supposed to bring about change. We know it does it at the macro level. We know that because of Christmas and Easter that good wins and the power of evil and sin and death are broken. But Christmas for us personally is supposed to be transformational. Well, potentially anyway. God enters into our world to be with us, to give us hope, to allow us to start over fresh, to give us purpose. And having a relationship with him can change our lives. But that requires a conscious commitment, not only to Jesus, but a conscious commitment to life change. If Christmas is going to truly impact us, if the knowledge that a Savior for us, a Savior for the world has come, it's going to require a conscious lifestyle change for us. So if you buy an RV, or you have a timeshare or a second home, those things all require a lifestyle change unless you just want it to decay or sit there unused, which I guess happens a lot to RVs, and I know happens a lot to relationships with Jesus. But you get an RV or a vacation home because you've decided that that's who you are and that's what you do. We're a camping family. We find renewal in the great outdoors or, you know, we're a family that likes to escape away, to go or unwind. Or for many of you who have cabins or second homes, you use that for ministry purposes. But it's a lifestyle choice that you have made that impacts your life. You make the choice to get an RV or to buy a timeshare or to have a vacation home. You make those, be those decisions because you believe they'll make a positive difference in your life. Now, Christmas makes a difference at the universal level, whether you believe it or not. But it's only of lasting good personally if it makes a difference in your life. It can be just a one-and-done thing, but it can also transform your life if you choose to let it. For some of us, that means that we really need to decide whether we're going to believe and act on this. For others, it means we just need to get our priorities straight or perhaps just stop being lazy. Because the last carol will soon be sung till next year and the lights will come down and the tree will get put back up in the attic and then what? Will the fact of Christmas make any difference in your life in the long run? When the holiday's over, even if you stretch it out to its full 12 days, how will your life be different? And here's kind of the kicker. Because whether it's Jesus or somebody else, something or someone will inform the choices that you make this year. There will be a God that you follow who will guide the decisions that you make, who will help you to make your choices. Because we just, we just have to have something bigger than ourselves to believe in. And if we don't have it, 
we created it. We create it. We've just celebrated the fact that God has come among us for a purpose. And that can be the guiding principle of your life. Knowing Jesus present with you can be the God that you rely on. But will it? What's the lens that you'll look through for all of your decisions and conversations and media posts? Your party affiliation? Your lifestyle expectations? Or the reality that God has come among us in addition to bringing us salvation and making all things new? We will all follow a Messiah this year. If it's not Jesus, you'll create another Messiah for yourself. And I can't guarantee where that Messiah will, will take you. We'll all choose something this year that will guide us through the highs and the lows and just the regular substance of life. So what will you choose? Well, duh, Michael, we choose Jesus. That's great. That was the answer I was hoping for. But how will you follow through on that? I was thinking about this. What's the opposite of intentional living? Is it unintentional living? Is it accidental living? Whatever the opposite of intentional living is, we do that too much. Let's not do that this year. Let's do the opposite of the opposite of intentional living, and let's be intentional about how we live. Now, anything that is worthwhile is going to require some work. Running a business, having success in school, doing anything. Why would we think that having a relationship with Jesus, why would we think that growing spiritually, growing in discipleship, why would we think that's any different? But we just have to decide what lifestyle we're going to live. We're just going to have to decide what God will follow. We're just going to have to decide who is going to be the Messiah. Is it going to be Jesus or is it going to be some political or social figure in our lives? It's not only the day after Christmas. It's also right smack dab at the beginning of the year, which is a great time to decide how you want to live in the coming year. We have a chance to change, intentionally change, how we're going to live next year. We have a chance to be like Mary, to treasure up in our hearts everything that God has done for us and then decide how to respond to do it, respond to it. What do you need to do in response? You might decide that you need to pick up a devotional or engage more in quiet time. We, we have all sorts of resources that we can help you out with. You might decide that you really need to start serving. You need to start helping other people in Jesus' name, in your neighborhood or in our community or wherever. You might realize that this last year, you just didn't have much margin. And so you need to consciously create some space every day just for some quiet, just to make yourself available to God. You might decide as you look at your key relationships that the way that you've interacted with your kids, the way that you've interacted with your spouse or your significant other, the way that you've interacted with your friends wasn't really Jesus-y. And you know you can do better and you want to do better. Maybe that's a goal. Or, or maybe you just need to change your perspective on life. Instead of dreading your job, maybe you need to look at it as a mission field. And I could go on and on and on. There will be a million different ways of how we can connect to God, about how we can make intentional lifestyle choices depending on us. We're, we're all really unique and individual. But imagine if you live intentionally 
in response to what God has done for us at Christmas in sending Jesus. That would be powerful. If you don't, sometime in February or March, you'll realize that Christmas is just a memory. You'll realize that it was a one and done thing, that there were some fun memories, but it really had no lasting impact on your life. It's a fond memory, but that's all. So at the beginning of the year, let's covenant to be more intentional in our response to Jesus. So what I'd really love for you to do is to think of maybe three things that you'd like to see happen in your life in response to what Jesus has done for you. What are three things that you could be intentional about that would bring you closer to Jesus, that would make you a better disciple, that would make you a better person? Three things that you could do this year. And so at the end of this sermon, I just have one question for you. What are your three spiritual goals for the coming year? Thank you.